What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? Hmm. I think I'm gonna have me some good old dragon's milk. Dragon's milk. Yeah, dragon's milk. It's a. Um, it's actually uh, made in a bourbon barrel. Mm, it sounds delicious. Yeah. I'll give you the description. It says, What does in... dragon's milk taste like? It says, uh, Step into a dragon's den and enjoy a delicious, creamy dragon fruit juice. Her perfect blend of strawberry, dragon fruit, and cream creates our most unique e-liquid flavor yet. Right. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. It actually does kind of have like a like a milky taste to it. <laughs> it uh, is. As weird as it sounds. I mean, it, it, does, it does match its name quite a bit. Yeah, it really does. It's it's almost to me. It's almost kind of like a coffeeish taste. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why. That may not be a right <laughs> way to describe it. Yeah. So you know, I was thinking the other day. Um, I was watching some videos on these people that do like these VR chats. Oh you know yeah. What I'm about? And they're yeah. kind of like these weird little chat rooms where they play <laughs> these different characters, but they're in the VR world. Right. And I remember that like a social hub kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. I, I guess that's the way it is, but. Um, but anyways, I was thinking back to how we were discussing uh, discussing not too long ago about how virtual reality was just kind of this fantasy at one time, you know, especially like back in the 80s and video games really coming into play. Mm-hmm. Right, virtual right, reality right. was just kind of this, you know, idea like, oh man, one day we'll actually kind of be able to go into the video games or whatever. And now it's here. And I started thinking about what is the potential to be explored with virtual reality? What kind of potentials are out there? Oh, yeah. And I thought, how cool it would be to sort of incorporate movies or films into VR. And, and the way I'm thinking about it is, say, like, as you're watching a movie, you have the option, if you do it in virtual reality, or you do it in your VR headset or whatever, each individual scene, you can actually physically kind of go into that scene that's taking place in the film. Yeah. I mean, you can't alter what's you happening wouldn't, you in it. You wouldn't be able to interact. Right. You couldn't alter what's happening in it because the story's already been filmed. It's already happening. But you can kind of, in this four-dimensional, three-dimensional world, like walk around the scene as it's taking place and see it from mm-hmm. every angle and kind of actually be physically within that scene. Right, right, right. I mean, how cool would that be? Oh, you know man, that would be amazing. Like, every movie that you've ever seen in your life, you would have to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> Because you're like, no, like it's going to be a whole different experience. I'm in I'm the jungle physically, with Arnold. Right, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm in here with Arnold Schwarzenegger hunting the predator right now. <laughs> like, I'm in here, and I'm pointing at it saying, look, he's right here. I'm, I'm right beside the predator pointing at him, oh, that's and awesome. he still doesn't see it because, you know, <laughs> you know, he's not supposed to in this scene, but I'm yeah. just screaming at him, like, here he is. <laughs> like, I mean, but I could see that being, like, really, like, I could, I see that happening in the future. Where that becomes an option, you I can agree. watch this film in VR, and you have those options to say you can go into the go into each scene, the virtual tour, right? And and you actually kind of get to have this like physical experience with each scene. Man. I mean, I think it'd be kind of I don't know. I think it'd be fascinating. They would have to do a Star Wars one. Oh my gosh, it'd be crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there'd be some films I'd be a little scared to to go into like a lot of horror films and stuff. Probably. Yeah, terrifying to be him, but I wonder if they would have to put any type of disclaimer or warning. On oh, I'm sure like they that. would, right? Because I mean, I mean, it could it could elicit some actual physical reactions if you if you really get involved in it. Um, but I guess it's kind of like watching any movie. You know, you got to keep cheering yourself. It's just a movie. It's just a movie, man. <laughs> it's just a movie. It's not real. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I also thought about the potential, you know, to utilize VR with like music. And oh, I mean, I know yeah. it's already something that's being explored mm-hmm. to some degree, but I, I kind of imagine in the future artists, musicians exploring VR more and more mm-hmm. to sort of see where their music can take people. And right. I think because when you involve it into VR, you're sort of taking this in a sense, almost sensory deprivation to a degree. Right. You know, you're taking the visual senses, the, you know, the, the, the hearing, and you're sort of setting them into this reality. And so, you know, I imagine like musicians kind of doing these like entire concerts that maybe just with VR, you know what I'm saying? Virtual reality. And it's these, you know, experiences. Right. It would be more than just hearing the music. It would be an actual experience. Right. People would like have these kind of like, well, think maybe, how many maybe even like spiritual experiences. Like, oh it my gosh. You like, don't even, I saw the, you know, you have to so tour so once. Right. You just tour once and sell all your tickets out. Right. If the world can visit your, can see your concert. Right. The world gets to right. be a part of your concert. You never, or you, you can tour, <laughs> you don't have to tour everywhere. You don't have to right. go intercontinental. Right. The world can sit through your, your concerts everywhere. Li- unlimited yeah. tickets, man. Absolutely. Virtual yeah. tickets. That would be pretty cool. I like that. Hey, do you remember that time we were camping and there was there was a song that you kept wanting young Joseph to play, but Seamus kept getting it wrong? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, and I remember it really pissed me off, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were having a camp out, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. We were having a camp out at the old classic... Um... The spot. <laughs> the happening place. The spot. Yeah, I remember. I I remember that we were sitting around the campfire. Man, we were we were pretty tanked. Yeah, <laughs> tanked. Wait, we, we, we had quite a few brews at night. Alcohol. So we were all kind of zoned out, looking into the fire. And we were playing yeah. music on the stereo, you know. Faded. And I don't remember what. I, I something got me in the mood, and I said, you know, I said, mm-hmm. Joey, Joseph. I said, play a uh, play Bon Iver in the woods. It was a spiritual setting. It was a fitting song for it. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, I got you, man. I got you, man. Mm-hmm. So he starts scrolling through the phone. Yeah, he was controlling the, the music because we had like some speakers out there, didn't we? Yeah. And he was controlling the and music. And I remember the song starts playing. And it. I remember it sounded like the song. Like it had parts of it, right? Mm-hmm. Chunks of it. But then all of a sudden you hear Kanye West coming in, like <laughs> rapping in different parts of it. This goes on for like twenty minutes. Nobody says anything. Like oh, he song, loved I, it I, I too. Didn't twenty he? minutes. It wasn't that long, but it felt like I mean it went on for a long time. Like the song was just playing, yeah. and like it's, it's obviously confused. not the song, but nobody's saying anything. Like, we're just listening to it, and it's this weird like Kanye West like yeah. remix of the song. And finally, I was just like, I just, I, it just infuriated me. I felt this this rage come over me. I was like, this is not what I asked for. Yeah, I specifically asked for, and I and I yelled at the top mother and said, Joey. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, man, yeah. I said, I said, as I, calm as ever, unfazed by the, yeah, the yeah, heightened yeah, 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 voice yeah, level. Yeah, yeah what's yeah. man? Yeah, what's up, man? I said, <laughs> I said. I said Bon Iver in the woods. And he said, yeah, man, yeah, I got it right here. Kanye West in the woods. <laughs> so what I discovered is, no. is that night we were going to make sure that he was going to make sure we listened to every song he wanted to hear. <laughs> man, if he could hear this right now. I just remember that. And everybody laughed because they thought it was so funny that I got so irate. Yeah. yeah. 
that that it like I sat there and listened to it for as long as I did and didn't yeah. say anything. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I felt the need to correct him. Right. Yeah, because it was just such a fluctuation of emotion. There was there was, I was kind overcome of a, a with blank this. stare. Into I was the fire, overcome with this and then rage. There was anger. <laughs> I looked into the flame and I was overcome with rage. The dark side. <laughs> I set Bon Iver in the woods. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, cool. <laughs> They say now we're listening to Kid Cotty, so I'm like, what the heck? This is not even like we're not even on the same. Gosh, bit, good times so. though. It was, times. it was. Those were fun times. So, so you were telling me earlier, mm-hmm. you were talking about that you had gotten your your wife a bouquet of flowers, and you thought you oh, were kind of. Oh no, 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 no! I'm sorry, I I didn't get them for it. No, oh, she sorry. brought. Home I'm sorry. Some. <laughs> I have gotten her some before. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I stand corrected on that. So she had this bouquet of flowers that was not from you. Yeah. <laughs> but Uh-oh. anyways, you were, <laughs> but you were you were talking about no how somebody you gave it. them to her for like Christmas. I know, I know, I know. I'm I kid, yeah. I kid. I anyways, jest, <laughs> I jest, I jest. <laughs> you jest me. <laughs> I shall bite my thumb at you, sir. <laughs> So, anyways, you were talking yeah, about though, how weird it was that, yeah. like, people get bouquets or they get flowers and they just, like, sit them up in their, like, room. They'll sit them up, like, right, at their right, office right. desk or in their house kitchen table and they'll just kind of like, leave it there mm-hmm. until it dies. Like, it was kind of like, so watch this right. plant, like, wither and die away. Right. <laughs> like, you might put a little water and try to keep it alive for a little while, but yeah. it's going to die eventually because mm-hmm. it's, it's done. But anyways, I thought about it. I was like, man, that'd be like a good premise for like this really disturbing like horror movie. Oh, it, no. And it would be about like, <laughs> it would show like from the plant's point of view and like oh, how Jesus morbid Christ. it is that like we as human beings would like have this basically like a mass grave of these plucked oh, dying flowers <laughs> wrapped up. We we not only like right. we not only get excited about it with glee as we look at yeah. it. Oh, we trim them, Chris. But we like oh, we trim the flowers. <laughs> we prune them. We cut their <laughs> limbs off. We cut their legs off, and then not on top of that, we smell them as they're dying. Dude. We smell their and we oh. cherish. You're like, oh, these oh, smell weird. so beautiful as they're sitting oh, here dying. <laughs> and then and then we go as far as to. <laughs> like that's organic them, life. Like keep them alive a little bit longer for our pleasure. They're begging for death. Right. Please just let me die. Be disconnected from the root. No. Right. Put water in it. <laughs> oh, please. And satiate. I want to watch you for a few more days. <laughs> Chris, like how man, horrifying. How horrifying to be a houseplant. Yeah. To be totally at the mercy. You're literally if secluded. You're sentient, right? You're <laughs> Right, but imagine right. a horror the movie. Are they uh, yeah, the horror a horror movie where your plants are sentient, right? And they're literally trapped in this contained space of soil, mm-hmm. where they're at the mercy of you to be able to provide them with enough sunlight and water, nutrients, or right. they'll die. Right. And we just kind of like see it as our little, our <laughs> little, a cho- it's aesthetic, our little, our little, our little aesthetic <laughs> house piece, right? Oh, my little house plant over there. If it dies, I'll get a new one. And we're like, oh my gosh, wow. This is why I can't be happy because I what see everything doing? as it happens. It's crazy though, if you think about it, it's kind of true. I mean, we take these organic beings or whatever you want to call it, these forms, and we just kind of like doctor them up. Right. We just kind of 
see them as our fun little aesthetic pleasures. Man, that is weird. It is weird. <laughs> it's weird. I always thought about, I feel like I've already said this before, but I talk about lawns. Not that I recollect. So so I always thought, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but I always thought how weird it is when I drive through like a neighborhood and I see lawns. Mm-hmm. And how I see it's literally how man has sort of sculpted out nature. To me, a lawn is kind of like man, man's way of constantly showing how he's conquering nature. Mm-hmm. Because I'm constantly taming it. Right. The grass starts to grow, I cut it. Cut it down, no. That's the height I want you to be at. Your trees, your limbs start getting too low, too heavy. Cut them off. Cut them away. You go out your hedge just trying to get bushy and strong. You go out and hedge it. You know, you go and (laughs) sculpt it into whatever shape you want. A cone, a a box or whatever. I mean, you know, landscaping. It's just like, it's weird. It's like you're putting (laughs) these plants on display. Like, I want you to be here between these two plants, and I want you to, like, make sure you grow this way. And if you grow out this direction, I'm going to cut off those limbs so you only grow this way. Because I want you to look this way so that people can come out and admire you right. as this weird aesthetic. Uh, it's a plant zoo. Or- organism it's that I have on display. Zoo. That I have on display. Look at my beautiful, tamed nature. Look at all this. Uh, wow, it's creepy, man. It's Freaks a me out. Zoo, a plant Freaks zoo. me out. Yeah. And yet, I do it. I go out and mow my right. grass. I You've go out done and it. Do it. it a I do times. it, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, because I'm like, oh, because if I didn't, society, you know, the home association <laughs> would be like, you need to go cut your your right. field. <laughs> we can't see your house. There's wild animals living in there, and I'm like, meddling in your business. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's nature. It's allowed to do this. I'm the one in. The, I'm the one out of shape. You know, I'm the one that's out of place here. It's crazy, though, man. It's kind of weird. It's like you do these things. I don't know. I do these things knowing how bizarre it is, or right. or in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll put it this way. In my mind, it's bizarre. Right. But Yet it's been embedded but in But yet I don't know how to not do it because I recognize that I live in this sort of construct right. of society. Mm-hmm. And for me to be able to continue living in this construct, I have to sort of abide obey. by these certain... Obey. Ways of existence, right? Right, right. If you own a property, that's fine, but you got to make sure you don't let Mother Nature have control of it. You have to make sure it's tame. You maintain controlled <laughs> you because dominate. all the other humans don't want to don't want to see it, right? Right. You it's dominate to them. It's Chris, weird man. Would you say we're a pretty superficial species? Like our goals and aspirations aren't real. Like the things that that we aspire. To hmm. do don't really matter in the long run. What what is life? What is purpose? I, I often, I mean, to, it's hard. I can't answer that question. Right. <laughs> Obviously, it's it's the I grand question an of all human beings, right? What is our purpose? What is life? <laughs> what is meaning? I can't answer that. I think right. I'm a, I'm in there with everybody else. But I've oftentimes wondered if we live so much within our own man made philosophies. Yeah. That are only true, or we only believe are true because we're told it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I oftentimes wonder if I've said it before. What if we just don't really have a purpose? What if we're some strange anomaly, mm-hmm. and we because we we can accept that we sort of have to create like this this existence. something conceivable, right? This conceivability of like mm-hmm. what what is my part? Like, what am I? What should I be doing? Right. I don't know, man. I think there are things that, I don't know. 
that are profound. I just believe that we think we're a lot more special than we really are. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> no, I, I, re- I feel that way. Uh, I, yeah. That's just my personal feelings about a lot of things, but I have a lot of unusual perspectives about existence. Right. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. A lot of people have We're their own. You're a hermit. You're a druid. Hey, are you familiar with the druids? <clears throat> Am I familiar with them? I, yeah. I, I don't know I would say that. The druids no. are really interesting people. So so explain to me, when you say the druids, mm-hmm. like, what, what who are they? Well, are, like, are they like we generally see the druids at this day and age that are kind of like these mystical wizard men that live in the forest. And like... <laughs> And like, but like, they also Those practice. <laughs> they're like pagans. They practice yeah. like hardcore rituals of like human sacrifice. That's where the concept of the wicker man thing comes from. Really, I didn't know that. Rome occupied the area where the druids existed, and Julius Caesar actually has writings about the druids, and he talks about how they would take, they would build these giant straw structures and put human beings inside it and catch it on fire, and and it was called. They called them wicker men. So it's it's always debated whether it was kind of like ancient propaganda or whether maybe they did practice. There's no evidence that they practiced right. human sacrifice, but they were actually really interesting in, in terms of kind of like had druidic secrets, things that that only they knew. And the reason it was only them that knew it was because they never actually wrote or recorded anything. They passed all of their all of their like secrets tribal and knowledge. their knowledge. They right. pass all their knowledge down orally. So there's actually no real understanding behind who they were and what they really did. There's just some some vague references and, mm-hmm. and things that we can gather from deductive reasoning and, you know, some archaeological stuff. But most of the part, they were kind of this really interesting... They were kind of... They kind of do fit the bill. They were known to have been very progressive... They allowed women to divorce men without any repercussions, and we're talking like, you know, so, like. So were these druids times. like? Were they were they pretty big like leaders in the community? Is that they what were I'm held in very it? high right. regard? They were held in very high regard be- because they were knowledgeable. They mm-hmm. passed on their secrets to people who kind of became part of almost like it was almost like a class who became part of the druids. Mm-hmm. You 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 became a druid, and you had gained this certain knowledge and insight, and you helped like decide certain things and stuff. They were, I mean, they were they were considered important people, right. but there's just not a lot known about them. Hmm. But it is said that the Romans hated them. They hated them. Really? To, oh, yeah, they tried to kill every one of them. So why did they the Romans to, hate them so much? They didn't, they didn't like what they stood for. They were kind of an anti-authoritarian people. Because, again, hmm. they were, again, they were very, they're, they're said to have kind of been, you know, very spiritual based, hmm. you know, almost like in a Celtic sense. But the Romans didn't like them because they kind of challenged a lot of the, the Roman ideologies mm. of, of how power right. needed to work. <laughs> so they had to eliminate that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, they did what they, they did what any you know what any humans in power have ever done. <laughs> What's that? You question me? Yeah, no? yeah. Can't have that around here. Nope. So you think I'm like a druid, huh? Yeah, you're like though. a druid. You have secret ancient knowledge that nobody knows. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm sure see, that I'm sure the that the world in a different reality. I'm sure that my perspectives are shared amongst other people, but yeah. it's probably very rare. I do believe yeah. that. Well, to a lot okay, of people, I mean, to me, it's fascinating that everybody's world really is just the way their brain and their mind perceives it. Right. 
It's it's why it's like nobody's gonna perceive the world the exact. Nobody's gonna see it the same way anybody else is gonna see it. Mm-hmm. It's literally however your brain formulates the world that it's experiencing right. around it. How you take it in. So and I that's mean, based you know, on, my beliefs based on a lot are based of factors off that you can't help either, right? Right. I mean, it's like you could say that my beliefs are based upon my experiences and my learning and not in things that I've, you know, mm-hmm. learned. Yeah. Um, but everybody else feels differently. I mean, because of you know the experiences they've had and the way that they interpret the world. Yeah, because when I when I go to interpretation and looking, seeking kind of what we are mm-hmm. as a species, I like to look at a lot of the old ancient texts mm-hmm. as far as as far as like some of the oldest known texts, civilization. Mm-hmm. One of them is the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is what the Bibles, the the Old and the New Testament, are 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 based on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the basis for Judaism and Christianity. So the so the Dead Sea Scrolls are the oldest known biblical forms of Scripture. And there's actually many books that aren't included in what's called the Christian canon, which means it's just kind of like um, a canon would be, if, for example, if you, you want to say what's considered Star Wars canon and what's not. Many people have wrote books and comics of Star Wars, but... As far as what actually happened in that universe, those things didn't. What's well, accepted universally? Kind it's of, accepted right? universally as an idea. So if it's if it's not an idea or a belief. So by saying it's not canning, it's not universally accepted. Right. That That's something that are, we don't. Right. right. We, okay, we, I understand. We don't really acknowledge it. Right. But there's a really fascinating book called the Book of Enoch. What's interesting about it is it kind of tells a different story as to how man came to be. Now, a lot of us know the traditional ideas, you know, especially a lot of it based in Christianity. We, we kind of all have an idea of how that, that goes. But in the book of Enoch, it talks about man being on earth and, and being watched by fallen angels called watchers. Now, right off the bat, that's one of the, one of the reasons that this is actually not considered canon. The reason it's not considered canon in the Old Testament is, is because you've already talked about like fallen angels and stuff. But this this story kind of contradicts that a little bit. And it talks of these of these angels that were called the watchers. God had directly told these these angels, whatever you do, do not interfere with mankind. That's my only rule. Unfortunately, they felt very differently about it. And as the story goes, they they actually began to teach man things, such as how to war with swords and knives, it stated, or astrology, things things that kind of give us our intellectual capacity. And on top of that, they actually supposedly mated with human females and created a whole other so, species. So they mated with us. They mated beings. with humans. These the angels? angels? The fallen right. angels did. And they created a whole separate species that, that are referred to as the Nephilim. And what's interesting about the Nephilim is... They're regarded as these giant people. Mm. They're said they were giants. Yeah, I've heard that. And I've heard t- about that, yeah. And, it's t- and and they coexisted with man for a long time. But as time went on, and these angels had essentially given man this knowledge... Which corrupted them. Corrupted right. us, yeah. Through, this, through the angels' knowledge that was given to man, it, it corrupted them. So as time goes on, God begins, begins to notice this. He sees what's happened. He condemns the watchers to the earth. There's a human named Enoch. He speaks through Enoch. Enoch is given the ability to speak their language, which is which is referred to as Enochian. It's actually kind of like a 
like a cult thing as well. Like a lot of people, there's there's like different things that they believe is the transcription of this, mm-hmm. but it's supposedly the sacred language that was spoken amongst God and the angels. And Enoch was given the ability to speak it as well so he could communicate between them. He essentially became an arbiter between God and the fallen angels who were now bound to earth and had communication cut off. So as he's brought to God, he goes through what he refers to as the ten layers of heaven. And, and, and one of the more fascinating parts of, of his description of what he sees while he's going through the different layers of heaven is he actually gets to the third layer and says that is where the Garden of Eden was. So Enoch tells us that the Garden of Eden never actually it wasn't existed on Earth. On Earth. It, was in, it was actually in heaven. So he speaks to God, and God tells him, I, the angels are not re- these fallen angels are not redeemed, and they are bound to the earth, and there will be a great purge. Enoch also happens to be the great-grandfather of the famous Noah, Noah who built the ark and survived the great flood. So Enoch goes back and relays this, relays this message, and it's just fascinating because it does a whole other spin. It, does a, it, it kind of tells a very different story from what we, from what we traditionally believe. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's like there's, there's some pretty wild theories out there about those stories, like when they start breaking down some of the events that happened mm-hmm. and when you talk about like Enoch's experience going into the heavens particularly, mm-hmm. and he talks about, you know, what did you say, a glass castle or a glass palace glass palace mm-hmm. and there's all these different layers and he said that in the third layer there was the garden of eden right right you know some people <laughs> some ufologists oh or, yeah. i'm not saying that right you yeah. ufologist i don't even want to say it's not even that ancient ancient alien theorist ancient alien theorist <laughs> there there is there is quite a following out there ancient alien theorists right 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 have looked at some of these stories and had these interesting takes uh uh-huh. yeah as though that these are not so much religious experiences right these are not so much spiritual experiences as they are religious experiences more yeah. right um extraterrestrial yeah, yeah. They believe there's that some fascinating maybe theories there, on there's that. a lot of that they believe things such as angels mm-hmm. or these these sort of spiritual experiences that these people have are more of interactions with actual extraterrestrials, these people mm-hmm. descending from the skies and teaching them knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another fascinating point and, that, and, that that the Book of Enoch brings up because it it, it talks about angels, how mm-hmm. angels look. And and what's interesting is while he's going through heaven, he he sees the different kinds of angels. And the and the hum the, the general idea of what an angel is is a human with, with wings, like a majestic right. divine human with wings on him. But actually he describes angels very differently. Mm. He describes these angels that had wings that would multiple sets of wings that would cover their bodies. And their faces had a human face, and on the left and right side in the back were the faces of different animals. And there were other angels who were almost like a human, like a hybrid. It was like a humanoid with like a bird's body and two sets of wings as well that would cover its face. These giant rings that floated, these metal rings that had eyes around them. That's how he describes angels right. in the Book of Enoch. That's wild. It's fascinating. No, I'm and just I'm just saying that that right. leads into what you were what you were right, saying that, right. that it's, it's interpreted. And, and, and there's been people who have, who have like tried to interpret that as mm-hmm. was he having you know an ex, was that extraterrestrials was right. he having an extraterrestrial experience 
in in a primitive human mind that was the way he was able to describe it when mm-hmm. he was able you know when somebody was able to write this down this was the way they described mm-hmm. the events that took place i mean that would be that's a pretty those are pretty impactful profound events for so, for early man so do you know why why the these scrolls and in this story is not included in the old well, or, it's it's it would be part or, of the Old Testament, right? Why it's not included in the Old Testament as we know it, the King James Bibles. That was the common, correct? So the that's so the, the common. Well, the King James is 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 based on is Christianity, right? But but the Old Testament is actually what the Jewish faith follows. Okay, that's what they follow because as as it's referenced many a times, Jesus was originally a Jew. And and that's what Christianity is based off of Ju- Judaism. Okay. But anyways, the it's not included in the Old Testament because 300 CE, which is which would also 300 AD, or a council of religious leaders met as far as the concerns for what needed to be considered canon for the modern Bible. This is how we will pass this literature on to people. Now, this book has a lot of inconsistencies in it compared to the Bible that that made the cut. This book actually challenges a lot of different things Mm. that says that, um, again, you know, one of the big, the major indicators is fallen angels aren't really a thing in the Christian Bible outside of the idea of Lucifer and demons or something of that nature. They're not really seen as these neutral beings like they're portrayed in the book of Enoch, if that makes any sense. Mm, yeah. These there is no good or evil necessarily associated with them. They're they're the watchers. They watch over man. They just didn't do what they were told to do. Right. They disobeyed. Correct. As as commanded. Right. right. Whenever I want to try to understand what exactly we are, because we're such an anomaly, mm-hmm. I would rather go back to the ancient text. Because any the earliest records of any type of scripture, for that matter, because to me that is a very primitive version of man interpreting events, whether they're divine or something else. Well, I think too, it's like if you're early man and you have just now reached a point where you're able to write language down. Mm-hmm. These would be do important. Do you believe things? that I have this opportunity to record this for somebody else to read or pass down to understand who we are? And I'm just gonna make up. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm asking that question because to me, I wouldn't. I think this is my. I'm gonna write down like important things to me. This is mm-hmm. stuff I want to pass along. People. Well, need they're to chronicling. Know, human people history. need to know what happened here right people need to know what happened Mm -hmm. and this is my opportunity to be able to do that in some way right yeah i don't know man it's it's fascinating stuff interesting Mm. i definitely like to read up more on that yeah yeah just kind of see you know just for my own well and that's the thing that's only a fraction of the books i didn't Uh, even really even i kind of trailed off and didn't even finish the 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 rest of the story but for the most part i mean there's that's just one of the books that's contained in, in various texts that have actually been omitted from the Old Testament. Um, again, there's many reasons that are debated as to how, as to why they should be omitted or why they shouldn't be. It's debated all the time, but for the right. most part, they, they, they exist, but they're there. <laughs> they exist, and they are right. ancient text. Um, but yeah, man, that's a good one to let your brain simmer on, isn't it? Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, well... I guess we'll, as always, we can do it again next week. All right, man. I'll see you next week, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, everybody, stay true, stay real, and stay righteous.